April 5th. As we begin our reading in the New Testament, today we're reading in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 14 through 36, where it talks about his authority. No more dangerous than open hostility is attempted neutrality. For an empty life is an opportunity for Satan to move in and take over, as we'll see during our reading here. The only sign we need is the sign of Jonah, our Lord's resurrection from the dead. Jesus has won the victory over the Prince of Darkness. Obey Satan, and you'll let in darkness rather than light. And soon, you will not be able to see, and you won't be able to distinguish between them. And with that, let's begin our reading today from the New Testament. April 5th, Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 36. One day Jesus cast a demon out of a man who couldn't speak, and the man's voice returned to him. The crowd was amazed, but some said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Trying to test Jesus, others asked for a miraculous sign from heaven to see if he was from God. He knew their thoughts, so he said, Any kingdom at war with itself is doomed. A divided home is also doomed. You say, I am empowered by the prince of demons. But if Satan is fighting against himself by empowering me to cast out his demons, how can his kingdom survive? And if I am empowered by the prince of demons, what about your own followers? They cast out demons too, so they will judge you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For when Satan, who is completely armed, guards his palace, it is safe until someone who is stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons, and carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't helping me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and clean. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. As he was speaking, a woman of the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breasts that nursed you. He replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God, and put it into practice. As the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, These are evil times, and this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to me will be a sign that God has sent me, the Son of Man, to these people. The Queen of Sheba will rise up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, because she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And now someone greater than Solomon is here, and you refuse to listen to him. The people of Nineveh, too, will rise up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now someone greater than Jonah is here, and you refuse to repent." No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. 
Instead, it is put on a lampstand to give light to all who enter the room. Your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into your soul. But an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you. So what I just saw is that an issue that continues to persist uh, among us who confess Christ as Lord are seasons in which we walk in the desert, seasons in which we struggle with doubt, seasons in which uh, we kind of are, are barely hanging in there. And if we are not careful, we will pretend that that's not where we are and instead play the part of here's where I raise my hands and here's where I take notes and here's when I come to group, what I say about. And in essence, we begin to pretend that we're not where we are and hear me, that's dumb. Why? Like your conversation with other believers, your conversations in your groups, your conversations with those who are in your life pursuing Jesus Christ with you should be right around this subject. It's dry. I'm tired. I'm struggling with doubt. I don't get this. I'm losing faith. Why would you pretend that's not where you are? I love you. That's idiotic. The reason why I habitually come back to trying to teach you that the entire Christian life from beginning to end is marked by confession and repentance is that if you get away from that, you get away from an open, honest, this is where I am type of relationship with other believers and instead find yourself pretending or wearing the clothes of someone who has it all together. You rob yourself of the ability for the body of Christ to be what she is meant to be. And that is at times the tangible experience of God's grace and mercy for you. So we confess, I'm, I'm in the desert, man. And I don't know how much longer I can survive out here. But listen to me. You'll never outgrow confession and repentance ever. Doesn't matter how long you're a Christian. Doesn't matter. You, you also, uh, I don't know that you'll ever outgrow seasons of being in the desert. God accomplishes profound things in the dry times. And so what we must learn to exercise week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, whether obedience feels like breathing air or obedience feels like a full-out assault on our hopes and dreams, is an openness and authenticity to say, I'm in trouble. I'm jammed up. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm lonely. I've been reading my Bible and I can't remember the last time the, the Lord spoke to me through his word. And, and so what happens when you refuse to do that is what we're doing here, it gets really goofy. It gets really dumb. I don't, like, this isn't what pleases the Lord. A broken and contrite spirit pleases the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. And so what we need to learn to trust the Lord in that while simultaneously being honest that that's where we are. Listen to me. God hadn't asked you to be Superman or Wonder Woman. He hadn't asked that of you. What he has asked is honesty, 
openness, and contrition. Today we'll be reading Psalm 77. You know, joyless days of trouble and sleepless nights of despair plagued the psalmist. Why? Well, not because of unbelief, but because of faith. Because he believed in the Lord, he wrestled with himself and with God. He could not understand why the Lord did not keep his promises and deliver his people from bondage. What do you do in a situation like that? Well, of course, you pray about it. And you tell God just how you feel. You don't cover up. You know, you don't act religious. Reach out to Him in the, in the night seasons. But do not refuse the comfort that He sends. He will remind you of His past works and wonders. And the more you meditate on them, the better you're going to feel. Asaph meditated on Israel's exodus from Egypt and recalled that God kept the people waiting by the Red Sea. Uh, that it was night and that deliverance came just in the nick of time. The people were afraid and certain that God had forgotten them, but he showed his power and ended up humiliating the enemy. His way is a holy way and a hidden way. You need not understand it. Just trust him and follow as he leads you. Psalm 77, verses 1 through 20. For Jeduthun, the choir director, Psalm of Asaph. I cry out to God without holding back. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I pray, with hands lifted toward heaven, pleading. There can be no joy for me until he acts. I think of God, and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and think about the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will He never again show me favor? Is His unfailing love gone forever? Have His promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be kind? Has He slammed the door on His compassion? And I said, This is my fate, that the blessings of the Most High have changed to hatred. I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about them. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of miracles and wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. You have redeemed your people by your strength, the descendants of Jacob and of Joseph by your might. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down their rain. The thunder rolled and crackled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. 
You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep, with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Healing.